All right, it's Chandra with the Contemporary Horsemanship Podcast, and today my topic is how to fix a hard mouthed horse or a stiff horse. It's like stiff in the bridle. Because um, I'd recently seen a video on Facebook or YouTube or somewhere where they had like a hay bag over like a Western saddle on one side, and the horse is bending to eat out of this hay bag. Um, and it's like, oh, how to train your horse like smarter, not like stronger or something like that, or like work smarter, not harder kind of thing. And then it got me thinking about the idea of a hard mouth horse or a stiff horse and, and something you can do, some things you can do to fix that, why it's happening and kind of going over what's going on in the video too. So essentially horses do have one side that they bend easier on versus the other, just like people like I'm right-handed, some people are left-handed, same thing goes with horses. Um, a lot of horses, like, um, they eat with one, like, the same foot forward all the time, so then that one's kind of, like, their dominant foot, um, and so they, they have more repetitions with that leg, um, and then you can notice that a lot under saddle. They bend better one way, they get the one lead better than the other, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that is natural, that's normal, but there's definitely things that we can do for that, so essentially first what you want to do is notice which side it is like which side which side does it get the better lead what side does he bend better which side is he softer figure that out and then once you know that you're going to put more reps of whatever training you're doing on that stiffer side so say which is normal mostly normal for most horses is that they're going to pick up the left lead easier than the right most horses is going to be like that sometimes it's the opposite but usually they'll they can go pick up their left lead a lot easier um and then it may or may not correspond with which side they bend easier to. Um, again, that also depends on the horse. It depends on the training, who's riding them, stuff like that. But you probably will have a horse that bends a lot easier on the left and then is probably stiffer to the right just to go with that left bend um, as far as picking up the lead. Sometimes it can be opposite. They might pick up the left lead all the time, but they bend better to the right. It just kind of depends. But most of the time you see that during like steering or if you want to work on some like bending to a stop, some lateral flexion, stuff like that is where you really see a lot of the stiffness in the bridle. And obviously you see that with stopping and stuff, but it's not going to be so much like one-sided. That's going to be a separate issue. But when you're doing like lateral flexion, for example, you're going to say that's what I want to work on today. So I would just do probably twice as many times on, let's say my horse is stiff on the right versus the left. So I would probably start off on the right, do some flexions, do the left, and then go ahead and do the right again. That's how I usually do anything like that. So if I'm working on lead, um, picking up leads, so again, say my horse is good at the left lead. So I'm going to pick up the right lead, then we'll work on the left lead, then I'll work on the right lead. And I just work on it twice as much, but I don't overdo it. Like I'm not going to drill and drill and drill because that's not going to help anybody. Like eventually the horse is going to get tired and we're not going to get anything quality accomplished. So not drilling, but just working twice as much on that one stiffer side. That's my, where I kind of start at. Um, you can also do like certain strength building exercises um, where you can work to help build that side, like backing up and down hills, just backing up in general is really good for horses. Um, just doing like lots of stretches, care stretches. Um, there's many different things that you can do for horses, but like you can look into some of those and work on some of those exercises. The ones I just mentioned are ones that I use. Um, and then another thing that I like is the chiropractor. So sometimes your horse can be out. Um, I've had multiple horses that I got 
chiro work done on them and it was like night and day it was so much better i had this one gelding who had the lead issue i would he would pick up i believe the left lead really really well and then he would just he just like couldn't pick up that right lead like he struggled and struggled and we were always on the left lead counter cantering and and that's not what we were meant to do so I struggled with that for a while I got the chiropractor out and he was his whole like sternum like in his chest was pushed to the um to the right side so it was like blocking that right lead like he couldn't like he could have physically picked it up but it was making it much harder for him to pick it up so she had showed it to me and like she explained as she goes through the adjustments, but she had pushed it back and then you're supposed to give him a couple days off. And then we did like some work building back up to that. And it was just so much better. He could pick up the right lead and it wasn't as much as a struggle. So I've had that with other horses where, you know, certain places on their body can be out. So I definitely would check out the chiropractor, especially if it's a lead thing or like a lateral flexion thing or steering thing, because they could be out in their neck as well. So if their horse, your horse is really hard to turn one way or the other, I would definitely check out the chiropractor. So I would probably, that'd be one of the first things I would do. Like let's first figure out which side he's more stiff with, which things he has trouble with, and then try to find a good chiropractor. I like to find one that's also a vet because sometimes like the, um, the certification that they go through, I don't know, you know, if they're, how much they know. I rather have one that's also a vet. That's just my opinion, but that's what I do. And then from there, you can work with your chiropractor to figure out what strength training exercises are best for your horse. And then when you go into training, you can do that multiple repetitions or twice as many repetitions on one side versus the other. So that's kind of my little game plan of how I would fix that. And I want to talk about kind of why this is happening outside of a physical problem. So as far as training issues, this is going to be kind of your root cause. So besides physical stuff, this is other stuff. So essentially what you're going to have problems with, like with the hay net video, like I mentioned, you're going to have a horse. Let's say again that my horse, and I think in the video, the hay net was on the right side. My horse is stiff, going, turning to the right and doing lateral flexion to the right. It's pretty common. So if I want to just fix that in a training setting, what I'm going to do is at a standstill through lateral flexions where I would start is pick up my right rein very, very lightly, and I'm just going to hold and wait there. As soon as that horse's nose comes toward like my hand or my boot, any way toward the pressure of the rein, I'm going to drop the rein and let go. So the biggest problem with these kind of training issues is that we get we get stuck on, we want the horse's head all the way around. I see it a lot. I've done a lot of lessons with that. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if the horse's head is all the way around. I really honestly don't want his nose by my leg. I really don't want that. It doesn't serve a whole lot of purposes. So what I do want is him being really soft, that lateral flexion. So then when I do want to steer him, when I'm cantering, he's soft and he'll go that direction. So I want him to also learn that I'm not going to pull him around. It's not about pulling my horse's head around to touch my shoe. I don't care about that. It's teaching him to, when he feels pressure, to let go, to, to follow it, and then he gets a release. That's just basic negative reinforcement. He feels some pressure, he follows it, and then I let go. And he doesn't have to feel that pressure anymore. What I see a lot of the time is they'll slide down on the right rein and then just pull their rein all the way to like their hip or their saddle horn or somewhere around there and then just like wait until the horse gives then but what you're doing is you're just pulling him over there I want him when I'm riding I want to pick up lightly 
And then my horse responds immediately. If I'm teaching him that I'm going to drag your face to the side, they're just not going to be as soft. Can you still ride them that way? Yeah, you can. Are they going to be soft? No. (laughs) So um, I also want them thinking about it too. Like I'm not just pulling you here and pulling you there. I want him to think, be paying attention to those little tiny pieces of soft pressure, not tons of it. So I don't have to pull him. I can just be asking. So then it gives him a reason to pay attention to me more as well. Cause I'm not going to just pull him here and there. I'm going to just very gently be like, can you turn right? So instead of pulling my horse's head around, I'm going to hold and then let go. I don't care if that horse's nose moves half a centimeter toward my hand slash rein area and puts a little bit of slack in that rein. Then I let go completely. I'll let him sit. I'll let him straighten his head back out. And then I'll ask again. And over time, I yes, I do want my horse's head to not come to like his shoulder. I really don't want his head past his shoulder, but I would like his head maybe bent to the, about like the distance, like about to the middle of his neck. That would be fine because that would be resembling a fairly tight circle if I was riding, um, but no, no more than that. Um, but if you're if you just have enough bend where you can circle, like that's a good start. So. Um, I wouldn't worry about the bend too much because you don't want to end up pulling the horse's head around. The horse needs to learn to pay attention to your reins and to give to that pressure, not just waiting for you to pull them around. So that's a big problem with that. And that's going to help the whole stiffness thing too. That It could purely be a training thing because um, I've seen a lot of people just, they're kind of heavy handed. They'll pull them this way, pull them that way because that's what you see on TV. I just pull them here and there and that's how you ride. But if you want to be really subtle and have your horse really listening to you, then you you can't ride like that. So that's a main part, part of it. It's going to be hold and release on the rein, not pull him around. So once I have that figured out and I he's really soft both sides at a standstill, then I would start doing that at a walk. And it's going to be a little bit different because now I want him to actually turn. I don't want him to walk straight ahead with his head bent to the side. Um, Not in this scenario, at least. Um, Not at this stage. But what I want is him to go forward and walk. And then I, again, pick up lightly on that right rein. I want to make a very, very slight circle. So I want his head and his nose to come to the side just a little bit to where, like, you could see, like, his nostril. And then I want that right front hoofed kind of step over. And then once those two things happen, then I'll let go. I don't want to release when he's just bringing his head over because I don't want him to just bend his head and keep going. I want the reins to connect his feet. So when I pick up on it, I want the feet to go there. So then that'll fix my steering. He'll be softer in his steering because when I pick up, it connects to the feet. He's learning that it goes like the feet is what I want, not necessarily just the head. And then he'll start going to the right. That's where I start it. I'll work on the walk. Again, I'll move up to the trot and the canter. But that's where I get started at. And the the softness is really, really, really important. And it's going to look really small at first, like the horse barely moves. But I want them to be bringing their nose over to you and you not pulling their head around. That's the most important part. Um, We just got to be a little bit softer and more subtle with our aids. I think that would help a lot more. So a couple other things that might help because there are horses that have been ridden a certain way for a really long time. I had a a couple horses like that where I could do that, um, that exercise that I just described where I'm doing the lateral flexion. Um, one thing about that 
is you will have to take your time. Like it's, it might take a while. You might be sitting there for 20 minutes holding on to this rain, waiting for him to turn his head. That's a definite possibility if you want to do it like that. Um, I've had to wait for quite a while, but once you've asked and you, and I've put pressure on the rain, I cannot let go until I get the answer that I want. That's how people, how horses train people is I've picked up on my right rein. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. It always feels longer than it really is waiting. And then I'm like, ah, he's just not getting it. So I let go. The horse is like, well, I just don't do anything. And then they they'll stop the pressure. So you cannot do that. If you're busy, if your phone's ringing, if you're doing something else, don't pick up, just let him sit there and stand there. Like don't do any, don't pick up on your reins or ask him to do something unless you can follow through with it. So you have to be present. You have to be aware that this could take time, but if you want to use the negative reinforcement and ask through the reins, then that's the process I use. So I might have to sit there for 10, 20 minutes and then any little head movement, even if he's going for a bug or whatever, I'm going to let go because I want to give him a release of pressure for doing the right thing, which was turning his head toward my hand. That's what I want. So just be aware that it is a possibility. But with one of my horses that I used to have, I had to do that and he was just very stiff. And some horses are very stiff and it can be very frustrating. And then when you get frustrated, you have a tendency to want to pull or like bump on their face. I don't love that. Have I done that in the past? Yes. Will I do that again? No. (laughs) Um, Does it work? Not necessarily. Like I want my horse to be really soft. I don't want to have to go to bumping on their mouth because their mouth is so sensitive. I really don't want to do that. And I think, I know it's can be frustrating in the beginning, but if we can just be patient and wait for the horse, he's going to figure it out and he's going to want to do it. And really, if your horse is really having trouble with the exercise I just described and you have to sit and wait for a really long time, I would recommend trying some pause reinforcement and a target instead. It's so much easier. And then instead of bumping on your horse's face and, and like hurting their mouth, it's just not worth it. So that's what I would recommend. So I'll talk about the positive reinforcement in a second, but some other things that might help you. And what I did with this one particular horse that I used to own is switch bits. So I believe he had a shanked bit in, like he was just like a trail horse when I bought him and I bought him and trained him to show. But in the beginning, I think he just had like, mm, I don't know, some kind of regular shanked bit because I only rode him once and when I tried him and I bought him, but I believe he had a Western shanked bit in. And then um, when I bought him, he had some kind of miler bit in and that seemed to work really well. But finding the right bit is going to be important. And then changing the context of like kind of how the horse was learning or what he associates with maybe riding or just a certain like exercise will help. So what I did originally was switch bits. So I switched bits for multiple reasons because um, I was writing English at the time, um, with this particular horse and I just switched out of the shank bit. He didn't need it. I wasn't riding Western. So I put him in a snaffle. So a miler snaffle. And then that seemed to work well. So you have to kind of figure out what works best for your horse, but I would definitely do simpler is better. I wouldn't do, um, something ridiculous and crazy. And I would be careful with leverage bits too because they're not going to be as clear especially when you're doing lateral flexion than a snaffle would be so I would recommend going to a simple bit going to a snaffle going to a halter and working on it there I like to work in a halter and then I can figure that out and they can they they kind of gives them that like new context it shifts the context to something else because most horses aren't ridden in a halter 
Um, and so I can teach them something and they're not connecting it to the bit and then I can transfer it to a new bit or back to their old bit. It's just transferring it. It makes it new. So they're not like, oh, here, same old bit, same old thing. I'm going to just ignore them and, you know, make them pull my head around. So it just <clears throat> kind of helps the horse to, to know that they're doing something different. So that's a good thing of it. But the simple bits are going to be just helpful, especially if you're using some kind of snaffle, um, side pole, halter type thing because that's going to help you get that lateral flexion. Um, I would start there. You can do lateral flexion in a, a, um, a curb bit, that's possible, but your horse might get a little bit more confused just because they're uh, mostly going to be for vertical flexion than they are lateral. And a snaffle is more for lateral flexion than they are vertical. Not saying you can't do either of those things and either of those bits, you can, but they're just going to help you out in the beginning if that's what you want to do. So I would do a simple bit and then I would do a change. So like I changed my, my gelding from his curb bit to a miler snaffle and he worked really well in that. Um, I've tried multiple different bits for different horses. I like the plain, plain ones, whatever ones they like the best, or I like to just ride inside pole too. That works too. Um, that will work a lot if your horse's had a bit in his mouth a lot. Um, maybe going to side pole or some kind of hackamore might help, um, help them just kind of differentiate the thing. They have a new way. It's like, it doesn't feel the same. So then they can help them learn essentially. So if you want to do a hackamore halter, switch from a shank to no shank or vice versa, or you might want to just change the mouthpiece that can help a lot too. So just kind of mi mixing some things up, um, could help the situation. So, um, and then, uh, if, if you were thinking about adding or teaching this using positive reinforcement, if you, just want to use it in general, or maybe if you have a horse that's really stiff and, you know, he's just not responding or it's taking a really long time for him to respond, then I would try this. I like to do this anyway because it's so much easier, but that's up to you. So what I would do is first, your horse needs to know how to touch a target. So whatever you want to be a target, it needs to be long enough to where you could show it to your horse while you're in the saddle and then you don't get super out of position. So like for me, I have a dressage whip it's very classy. Um, I have a dressage whip with a bunch of like vet wrap tied around the end to make like a little ball and they touch the vet wrap tape ball at the end. <laughs> so, so then I don't look, um, horribly out of place cause I do have a crop, but it's just a target. It's not actually a whip. I don't use it for whipping, but that's what I use. Um, I would start on the ground, make sure your horse wants to touch it. Like, um, I believe I have a whole episode on how to teach your horse how to touch a target. I would read, or I would read it. Yeah. I would listen to that first. Um, so I don't have to make this episode super long, but I listen to that, get your horse on the ground to touch it while it's straight ahead of him and on either side. And then even an extra bonus would be if you could teach him lateral flexion on the ground. So let's say your horse already knows how to touch the target. We've already listened to the other episode then you're on the ground, you're standing at the horse's shoulder and you're facing straight ahead toward his head. I'm going to have my target in my right hand and my rein on my left hand. So I'm going to pick up on the rein and I'm going to pick up and hold really gently. And then I'm going to present the target. The horse is going to turn his head left to touch the target. When he turns his head, I'm going to drop the rein and I'm going to click at the same time. It does not matter if your horse actually touches the target or not. All you're using the target for is to create that movement so that he'll turn his head and we can release the pressure and reward him. Then I would feed him his cookie and I would repeat it. Then I would repeat that um, quite a few times with the target before I would take it away. 
I just like to keep the target just because when I'm asking with the rain and if my horse isn't responding quick enough, then he might be a little confused still. He doesn't completely understand what I want. So then I can go ahead and bring that target in if I need to. Um, only after my horse is responding to the rain cue immediately, multiple times over, at least like five times in a row, then I would just then you don't necessarily need to have the target. I'd probably still bring it with me for a few sessions. And I, I have it while I ride anyway, but if, you, if you're just training this one thing with it, then after a few sessions, he was responding five times in a row without it, then you could probably get rid of it at that point. But don't be afraid to bring it back. So at some point in time, if the context changes, like you go to a different location, something's worrying your horse, um, something can change, and then you might have to just remind your horse of it and bring that target back. So that's just something to remember so you can keep that behavior working the way you want it. But that's kind of the my process of how I would teach lateral flexion with the target. I would do that on both sides. Um, I do have some videos of me teaching that to multiple horses, um, most recently in my Mustangs. So if you go on YouTube and search Chandra Antone, um, then my videos will come up. And you can watch that in real time instead of listening to it on a podcast, which is probably not the best way to learn. I don't know. That's not how I learn. But um, so that's kind of my process. So essentially, overall, um, those are kind of the tips on how to fix the horse that's kind of stiff, um, why the horse is kind of stiff, and kind of all the things about it. But um, the last thing I wanted to say about the HeyNet video is if you're thinking about doing that for your horse to like make them more supple while you're riding, it's two different, very, two very different contexts. So of course, some horses might not even go around to eat the hay. They might be like, eh, I don't really care that much because that hay might not be valuable enough to the horse. Um, but if your horse is going to reach around to eat some hay, first of all, think about how, how they would work even harder for something of higher value so even like a hay pellet my horses are obsessed with hay pellets it's just timothy hay in a pellet form it's the same thing that they eat um if they went went ahead and i like you taught them water reflection like i just described with a target um if they could get a hay pellet afterward or if they could get like a piece of an alfalfa cube or a carrot or something like that like they're going to be much more willing to cooperate because they want to get that reward um, and if you've built that into a rain cue, then you're going to get that. You have that motivation in your horse. The horse is like, oh, yeah, I can flex. I can do that. I can steer. I can be soft. And so you have that motivation in. And that's what's happening in the video. The horse is motivated to eat from the hay. But if you think, I'm just going to throw this hay bag on and then he's going to be soft and supple, it's two very different contexts. Of course, the horse wants to eat some hay and some might not. But when you go ahead and put that bridle back on, just because you've had your horse turned his head to the right for however long it took him to eat the hay doesn't mean that he's going to be really soft in the bridle now because if I'm putting pressure on his face and he has a history of resisting it, it doesn't matter how long he stretches his neck to one way or the other it's he's still going to be stiff in the bridle if you don't actually fix the issue with the bridle itself so that's kind of my overall review of that but um it just kind of inspired me to kind of break it down and actually fix the problem. Um, so that's what I've got for today.